Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 39 of the Jetman with the Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, man. Uh, just waiting for the school year to come to a close. You are in the... It's pretty uh, exciting. Summer break's coming up. closing days, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost, almost at the end, which is like the worst. Because if you've got months left, who cares, right? Like that's just your life. But when the end is near, like the kids can smell it. Like they can smell, like an animal can smell fear. You know what I mean? Sure. The kids can smell summer vacation. Yeah, every single animal on the planet, all of them can smell fear, and all kids can smell summer vacation. So at this point, I'm just desperately trying to maintain order. Until I can release them back into the wild. Well, I'm Dave. Dave, I'm sure that once we get to your summer vacation, we will talk about it. But we're not there yet. We're not. So first, Dave. By the way, welcome to the show. It's episode 39. It's called Spin <laughs> Roulette of Life. Uh, before we talk about that, Dave, it's time for our officially award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to know what the first star of the week is? I yes, please tell me. Well, the first star this week is that we are joined uh, by one half of the Morphin Grid podcast, uh, Jake Mason. Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Now I, yeah, I introduced to, you as half of the Morphin Grid, but you are also the editor of Sailor Business. Yep. Um, and let's see, you've got what Pokemon World Tour and the Games and Sports Cast. Am I missing anything? Uh, nope. Those are those are the primary ones the pokemon world tour has some like splinter cells uh that we record so that we have like a rpg live play actual play i don't know what they're called uh podcast where we play the pokemon tabletop united rpg um that's pretty fun uh but it takes like a lot longer than you would think to to set up <laughs> the, um, uh just to play some pokemon together uh over the internet um but yeah those are those are primary ones and then you did mention sailor business so i just edit that right on so again welcome to the show so you i know listen to this show i do uh as i listen to yours thank you uh great show by the way i've recommended it here before and i will do so again appreciate it um right now in yeah, fact but hear <laughs> that have you watched any of Jetman? Jetman, no. I am I am woefully uh, unversed, if that's a word, in Super Sentai. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's a word now. Uh, you know, words are, are things, so just put sure, that in the Sure, it's a universe. living language. We're building yeah. on it all the time. Exactly. Uh, so I've watched like five episodes of Shoe Ranger, and that's it. That's uh, that's about it. I've watched like 20 episodes of Kamen Rider Forze, so like there's uh, it's kind of a similar thing. But again, Listen, if you're going to watch one, I've heard Corp Forze is excellent. Yeah, it is. They are. They, yeah, there's a lot of similarities between Kamen Rider and the Super Sentai series. Although there are like there are some really marked differences as well. Uh, yeah, I it's, feel just, like... it's just the one dude uh, and it, like his 
unpowered friends most of the time. Uh, but it's it's bananas. Kamen Rider Force Day is frustratingly good uh, at points. It's uh, that's the guy who turns into a rocket ship hero on a motorcycle who befriends everyone in the universe. His his goal is to become friends with every single person, and that is, extends to like an orbital space platform at some point. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, he, he becomes friends with people to out like out of spite. Like there are people who are like, I don't like you. He's like, yeah, well, tough because we're going to be friends. And like, deal with the, it, it, yeah. Like his whole goal for, until they are like on paper friends is just to become friends with people. It's pretty amazing. Oh, that's so beautiful. Uh, well, I I am really looking forward to you seeing this episode then because we are, we have gotten deep enough into Jetman that like Dave and I have gotten very used to how strange it is. I'm, and it's very strange, and it's also very strange in ways that are different from how Die Ranger was strange. Yup, that is totally true. Well, this is, okay, so we're in the second season of our show, and so this is the second sort of full season of Super Sentai that I've watched. And here's what I've started to realize, is that Super Sentai series, they start off with a premise that is a little strange, but, like, comprehensible, like, within the context of the Super Sentai universe, right? Sure. Right. Like, there's some dudes, they get superpowers, there's five of them, here's why. And and everything is more or less, like, normal. Not normal, but you but you know what I'm saying. Right. More or less has, normal. It has a context to Un- it. Yeah, exactly. Until episode, I want to say around, like, 23, like early to mid twenties, and that's when things just really start to go off the rails. Yeah, they, which is when they, the show gets. I mean, they, it's good beforehand. They lore you in, but, like here's a weird thing, and we're gonna get you used to it by normalizing it for a while, right? And then once you've gotten complacent, then biodimensional beasts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a left hook. A left hook out of no place. So. That's uh, so, Jake. We're thrilled to have you on the show, man. Is our first uh, first star. It's been ages since we had a special guest. Uh, at, I realize yeah, the, the last guest we had was um, Michael from Ranger Danger. Oh yeah, that's right. Like that was a good time third too. Episode of Jetman. So before we move on from it, and I'll we'll probably talk about it a little bit more at the end. Uh, give you a chance to tell people what you do. But do you want to tell people about your various podcasts? Uh. Sure. I, uh, so there's the Morphin Grid. That's the that's my sweet baby. That's the first uh, podcast that I had uh, where we go over every episode of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Where uh, actually, when this comes out, we're going to be a couple days away from the 200th episode of oh, that, wow. which is insane. Uh, we do two episodes a week. Dang, son. Uh, yeah, we do two episodes a week because either we're very motivated slash ambitious or we just like really hate ourselves um and it kind of fluctuates depending on the quality of the episode so like season one yeah motivated this is weird and fun uh we're in zeo right now which is like pretty great uh but like there's this like huge huge gap in season two where you're like just questioning every decision you've made that brought you to this place where like (laughs) there there are episodes in season two that cannot exist and like you wouldn't notice the there's a there's like a three-parter general rule of thumb is in season two and three if there's a three-parter the second part does not matter uh, because because they set the precedent with i think it was called the ninja encounter it's been so long but they like where they start and where they end are exactly the same like they 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 go through a whole episode just to loop back to exactly the same, so they can end, like have like the third part be a conclusion to the first part. It's 
That's very beautiful. insane. Um, but then I mean, we're it's, in. It's nightmarish, but in a beautiful way. Yeah, it's it, it's very existentially. Uh, I don't know. I don't even have a word for it. Crushing. crushing? Yeah, crushing, crushing is, sounds like the word. Is pretty good that you're looking for. Uh, but then you get to Zio, and it's just like really weird. You get this episode where like Adam falls asleep watching a, a monster movie marathon, and so like he's in a dream where Tommy is now Tomicula, a Dracula knockoff, and Rocky turns into a <laughs> werewolf, and like. Uh, yes. it's, it's real great. Uh, the 200th episode, which we have not watched yet is a like murder mystery, like dinner theater type thing where like everyone is in costumes and they have to solve a mystery. Uh, it's, it's pretty fantastic right now, but again, you gotta, you gotta kiss a few toads to get there. <laughs> well, I imagine that the second <laughs> season of Power Rangers is doubly weird. Cause I know they did do some reshoots to make new Zoo Ranger footage for them. Right. Uh, that was mostly in season one, so episode okay. episode forty. And I mean, this is only if you're super interested in the history of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, episode forty is uh, called Doomsday, Part Two, and that's where the end of the footage from Zhu Ranger ends. And then they commissioned like fifteen episodes worth of, um, or maybe it was twenty, and they they commissioned at least 15 episodes and they used whatever they had left over from Zhu Ranger uh, to fill another 20 episodes uh, to end in like the least satisfying way. The season finales of, of most Power Rangers seasons are just garbage. They're, they're, they're like the fifth episode of a, of the series. Like they just are like, Oh, here's a monster. You know how it goes. Um, But yeah, it's uh, season two was, we were doing season two when you guys were in like the thick of die Rangers. So like a lot of episodes like weirdly lined up and I was like, Oh, that's what we could have right now. We could we could be doing this cool stuff, but instead we have Rocky and Aisha. Oh, well, here we are, dude. The Listen, guys Adam, from... Adam Park is the man. Everyone loves Adam. Oh, he's wonderful. Uh, Rocky and Aisha are not not the strongest entrance into the the, the Power Rangers canon. Dude, the guys from Ranger Danger had exactly the same reaction. Like they went and watched. Maybe the best episode of Super Sentai I've ever seen, which is Farewell the Three Stooges. Yeah, that just sounds amazing. And at the end of it, yeah, at the end of it, they were just like, Matt and Dave, like, you bastards, <laughs> why are you watching Die Ranger? And, yeah, and, I, and the I, thing I, is that the Die Ranger stuff is especially dicey in Power in Mighty Morphin because they didn't use the same suits. And so, like, I watched a few episodes of the, the Power Ranger season and trying to watch them cut around any time the actual Die Rangers were on screen was bananas. It's a uh, yeah, it, that's it's real weird. It's a little masterful in some places because like like you know that they can't show any actual Power Rangers in the Sentai footage, so they have to like like they, oh, it's just them fighting. That's why they invented Z putties so they could be like oh, they're fighting that, and like literally the monster will be just standing off to the side like throwing things at them or just like menacing them from the sidelines because they can't actually interact with it. <laughs> oh dude. And there's things like, you know, like the like the Black Ranger in uh Power Rangers, like the counterpart was Daigo, so it's a Green Ranger, so the lion is actually green, but they just like don't even mention it. Don't draw any attention to it. They're like, like don't, it's, it's a dark don't worry. Green. Yeah, and, and then like they just change the toy, and that's all that anyone remembers is like the toy is black. So like that's fine. It's gonna be okay. So speaking of having to watch something that is not necessarily great all the time, uh, Jake, what is our second star of the week? Uh, the second star of the week is a podcast, well, a sub podcast called "I've Got to Beat Mortal Kombat Annihilation." 
Uh, it's a. Have you heard of the worst idea of all time? I have. Oh yeah. Okay, it's that, but worse. So the worst idea of all time was recently made a liar because there is a worse idea, and that is instead of once a week watching Sex in the City two or Grown Ups two, every single day for a year, Chris Haley is watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I oh every day every single day. If you and follow him on what, Twitter, two months in now. He's yeah. He's somewhere around. This, he's in the 60s now. Uh, so if you follow him on Twitter, every day he just replies to the last day with like a screen cap and just like like a bleaker lament, you know, lamentation of why he has chosen <laughs> to do this to himself. Um, that said, the podcast is actually very good. So he has a friend. Uh, <laughs> he, he has a friend come on who's only seen it the once because he's like, I don't want to put I don't want anyone to have to watch this more than once because you know i'm doing this to myself i don't want to subject anyone else to it uh and they just asked him a series of questions about it like can you name the plot do you know what's going on how many characters can you name uh should anyone watch this should i stop uh and it's it's very fun uh i'm i'm worried about chris uh because like (laughs) 60 episodes is one thing once you hit the like the 100 150 you just got to worry about like is everything in his brain going to be replaced with mortal Kombat annihilation at that point, and I don't wish that on anybody. Yeah, dude, what does that even, what does that do to a man? Like, that just can't be... Well, it's challenging, Dave, it's challenging, but but like he says in the show, so is climbing Everest, and there's not really a point to climbing Everest either, it's just a difficult thing that you do to challenge yourself. It's just, it's there, so you gotta do it, I guess. Yeah, why, why does, why are we going to the moon? Why does Texas why? play rice? Rice, tech, yeah, it's rice, why does Texas play rice? Oh, man. Because more population is there. That is why Texas plays race. <laughs> uh, my, I, I've, I like Mortal Kombat Annihilation because I love bad movies. Uh, they're you know kind of my favorite, especially bad movies that like are like really mean well and really think that they're doing okay. Um, like Birdemic is basically perfect. If you haven't seen Birdemic, you should check it out. I no, I definitely have not. Oh, oh boy. It is this guy thinks he is making a masterpiece and he doesn't even come close. Uh, <laughs> but Mortal Kombat Annihilation is a weird it occupies a weird space in that it is what happens when you adapt a video game too well and you make no changes cuz it's just literally like 40 characters all just fighting and there's really no reason or or purpose to it. <laughs> Uh, and like they don't even mention some people, so there's like a guy named Cyrax in it who's like the only reason I know him is because I played him in Mortal Kombat Four or whatever. But they don't name him, so for the first like little while, Chris just thought it was Robot Scorpion. Well, I mean that that does make sense. <laughs> I think that's I think Cyrax just kind of is Robot Scorpion, isn't he? I I have no I mean, idea. I'm not I'm not super up on my Mortal Kombat lore, there but were, I remember they're just being robot well, ninjas. Well, there were color-coded robots and color-coded ninjas, and there was one that was a crossover because Smoke was a robot that became a ninja. I remember this I, much. I think I think you have that backwards. I and again, oh yeah, you're he's right, a ninja. Sorry. Yeah, I think it was that becomes a robot. Yeah, the original Sub Zero became Smoke. I think, or maybe he became Noob Cybot. I genuinely don't remember. I know that Sub Zero became a robot. Do you, there is way, there's like way, 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 just way too many levels of lore uh, beyond what is necessary for a fighting game. Dude, do you, you know remember, what I mean? Do you remember the live action Mortal Kombat television show? Mortal Kombat I Conquest? sure do. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that show was so good. Well, my memories I mean, of that you show know, are good for like a given value of good, dude. That would be a good. That would be a good special episode. We should find some episodes of that show to review. I know. I know. It recently was put out on DVD, but it's it's only Canadian, which is weird because that's the same region as America. So you can get it like on Amazon, but it's like, hey, uh, we added some use. Just some, like le- some words, yeah. Don't worry about it. Other than that, it's just it's just Mortal Kombat and I, or Mortal Kombat Conquest. Good gravy. Okay, so that that is quite enough, for, at least for us. Mortal Kombat talk. Apparently, it will not be enough for Chris Haley for the oh, next he, year. He's he's got quite uh, quite a while left to go. So, um, it, but Dave, what is our third star of the week? Okay, so third star of the week, Matt, and I will make this brief. But um, so we're dipping back in, dipping back into that old Fallout Four well for the fifth time. I think is this this is the five stars, I Dave, think, shining in the heavens. There are it five is, stars, and they are all Fallout right. Four, and they're all Fallout Four, dude. This game is the gift that keeps on giving. So I talked last week about the DLC. It was super fun. Uh, I did beat it already, though, so that's kind of neither here nor there. But I was hanging out with our buddy Josh on Memorial Day, and he asked me, he said, hey, have you started a new game in survival mode yet? And I said, huh? Survival mode? And he said, oh, yeah. So here's what survival mode is. Ready? Everything, first of all, everything has weight. Your bullets have weight. Your health packs have weight. Everything has weight. Oh, boy. Also, yeah. Also, uh, your carry weight is drastically diminished by like half. Uh, It keeps the massive damage thing from like super difficult mode, right? Mm -hmm. On top of that, you can get sick. Oh, you need to eat. You need to drink. You need to sleep. If you don't do any one of those things, and you would be surprised how frequently you need to eat and drink and sleep in this game. So you need to eat, you need to drink, you need to sleep in order to not start taking like massive penalties. Any chem use, so including your healing packs, increases your level of thirst. So it's like, did you use a stim pack to heal yourself because you're almost dead? That's cool. Better drink some water because now you're real thirsty. Uh, all of your healing items function way, way, way more slowly and here's the absolutely insane thing. You cannot save the game until you sleep. Like, you, as the player, cannot choose when to save this game. Really? Yeah. You just better find a bed, and then when you find a bed, you can sleep in it. And when you sleep, that's when you, and that's when you autosave. Like, you cannot voluntarily save this game. It only autosaves, and it only autosaves when you sleep. Good gravy. That sounds, that Dude, sounds insane, first of all. It's, it's bananas. I'm maybe four or five hours into it. I'm level 10. Last night, I spent, I kid you not, because like they were in the way of someplace I needed to get to do this quest. I spent, I think, a solid 45 minutes trying to take out a group of three raiders and their dog. Like, like I went in. And, like, a dude just domed me. And that was it. Like, one shot, and I was dead. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to sneak around. I snuck around, and I got two of them, but then the dog got me. Because the dog, like, gr- ate my throat out or something. Well, that's not what you want. <laughs> now, it's, yeah, it's absolutely not what you want. It's just, I don't think I'm hardcore enough for this game, dude. Like, this might be, like, this is, like, a teenager gamer territory, maybe. I don't know. When, when you don't have anything to do the next day. Yeah, for real, man. 
Uh, I I play Fallout 4 on very easy because, uh, as I told you guys before we started recording, I'm very bad at video games. Uh, I used to be fine at it, and then I, I, I grew up and I lost the magic, I guess. Uh, but is it so? Is this like a thing where it's just the hardest mode, but harder, or is it like survival mode that you can scale in difficulty? No, no, no. It's the hardest version. Like they took the hardest version of the game. So like, there's like very easy, easy, medium, difficult, and like hard. And then they took the hard mode, and then they added on like a whole bunch of other structures on top of that. At what point can you no longer call this a game? Because I feel like game and fun have to be linked in some way. Uh, right. so, so there's probably a point around survival mode where fun no longer applies. Right. At uh, what point does Fallout 4 just become a misery simulator? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fun for now. I, I honestly, I honestly God don't know if I'm going to keep doing it. Because it's so difficult. Like, there is a certain degree of like, oh, yeah, like I friggin' did the thing. But it's so hard. Um... And I just, like, I don't know what to do with it. Although, it has the bonus of basically turning Fallout 4 into a completely different game. Like, it is not, it's no longer Fallout 4. It's much closer to... The actual apocalypse. Like, an actual simulator. Like, what would you do to actually try and survive? Uh, But it is super fun, so so give it a shot. Apparently, there's some dude. So, some dude did a, a run on Twitch. Twitcher? Twitch? I don't know. I don't watch people play video games. But he did a run on Twitch where he got through Fallout 4 and he personally did not kill anyone, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. Like, he got, like, his companions did and, like, other soldiers did, but he personally did not kill anybody, right? And I guess this same dude is now doing a trying, I don't know if he'll ever actually be able to do it, do a run of Fallout 4 on survival mode like Iron Man survival mode, where if he dies, he deletes the save and starts over, which seems impossible. That seems like a really great way to play the first hour of that game. <laughs> just, yeah. just so many, so many times because it's so easy to die. Uh, but anyways, man, that's Fallout Four. It it is still a bunch of fun. I will, uh, I'll check back with you very briefly next week to see if I bother just keep beating my head against a wall on this thing. So what, Matt, is our uh, fourth Star of the Week? Fourth Star of the Week, Dave, is actually, it's not Super Sentai news, but it is a bit of tokusatsu news. Um, okay, hit me. Uh, as it turns out, Amazon in Japan is also doing like original programming like Amazon does in the States, but the original oh, program that they're doing in Japan is like, and I'm having a little trouble understanding it, because I'm basing this off of like one paragraph of an article that I'm reading. All right. Uh, but it looks like they are doing spin-offs or new series of Ultraman and Kamen Rider. Whoa, no way. Wait, of Ultraman? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, did you not know that Ultraman is still a thing? I no, I did not. I remember Ultraman when from when we were kids. But no, I did not know that it was still a thing. Yeah, Ultraman yeah. is absolutely still a thing. I That's don't, awesome. I don't know if it's like as annual as Sentai, but I know that it's still like a common like thing. Like it totally exists. Not like a common writer thing. That's a different that's a different word than what I meant. You get me. We we got yeah, there. No, I'm with you. Anyway, so yeah, they are making Ultraman and Common Rider stuff and it's gonna be on Amazon Prime, and I think it's 
going to be available to Amazon Prime watchers in the States as well? That that's what nice. it that's what it sounds like. I'm reading the same article, I think, and uh, it it seems like it it will be available around the world because it's on Prime, and I guess they're all connected somehow. Uh, so that'll be that'll yeah, be that makes sense. Dude, Which that's will be great awesome. I love Super Sentai, and I am woefully, woefully sort of unexperienced with Common Rider. Uh, I've only seen Common Rider for about half of Common Rider Forze, and then like I had to move, and so I just forgot to keep watching it. And uh, it is it's really good. Uh, they they it's weird. Japan really knows their stuff uh, when it comes to shows that have been running for thirty plus years. They uh, they've got that pretty well down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they figured out the formula. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's all there is on that. I mean, I'm sure someone knows more about it, but they did, whoever knows more about it did not write that article. So that's all I got. <laughs> so what, Matt, is our fifth star fifth of the week? Fifth and final star of the week, Dave, is... So you and I and uh, producer Mark have been talking about this back and forth for a little bit. But as we are going into... Uh, we're closing up season two soon. We're getting into season three. We've only got about ten more episodes of Jetman after this. Yep. Um, but as we go into season three, I thought it would be fun to add some new segments to the show. And so by adding new segments, what I actually mean is stealing segments wholesale from other podcasts. Stealing. We're borrowing. We checked. We checked first. Yeah, I think we did. No, we did. (laughs) Um, so what we are doing is, uh, we are going to be rating the monsters as we go through on a list of best to worst. It's, uh, it's a knockoff of the Ranger Danger creature feature. Uh, it is also a knockoff of the War Rocket Ajax, like every story ever, panel president, uh, like all that stuff that w- they do. Word heavyweight lists. champion. Yes, yes, word heavyweight champion. Right. And those, in turn, were also a riff on uh, something that Tom Sharpling does on The Best Show. So we're stealing from at least three different things, which I feel like if you sort of put it all together, just makes it sort of fair game. Yeah, that seems that seems legit, right? Yes. I think Blues Traveler had a song about that. They did. Blues Traveler totally had a song about <laughs> they that. They also had a song about Bagheera drinking in a bar. Uh, Blues Traveler is sure a weird did. band, dudes. Love those guys. Um, anyway, so we're going to be doing that, but instead of just starting fresh with Kaku Ranger, we wanted to go back through and do a sort of retrospective on Die Ranger and Jetman. So here is the plan. As we approach season three, we are going to try to slip in as often as our, like, hosting space allows per month. Bonus episodes where we just start with Baron String and go all the way through Hammer Chameleon or wherever we'll, you know, be going in the next ten episodes. At the time, and right. And create a list, a definitive list, best to worst, one to a hundred-ish? Probably not actually a hundred. Yeah, it'll be around That's a hundred episodes. It's probably going to be like 75 monsters. Are you uh, just including the monsters, or are you also going to rank like the, the the Goma generals and the the Virum commanders? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think we have to include those two. Yeah, I think we have to. Um, and depending on the episode, if we're just counting monsters, then we should also include Ko and Guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um anyway, yeah, so that is our plan going forward. Uh so watch your feeds for bonus episodes. That's probably how we're gonna be releasing them instead of putting them into our weekly schedule. 
Um, although I got some vacation coming up soon, so um, I guess I will keep you posted on that one. Uh, but that's what we're planning. But that is for the future. For now, it is time to watch episode 39, Spin, Roulette of Life, and we will be right back. Alright, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 39, Spin, Roulette of Life. And uh, boy howdy, you guys. <laughs> this, uh, is, this is a real special one. This is basically the best Bond movie I've ever seen. Uh <laughs> I, I was not ready to watch the best Bond movie, um, but here here we are. Yeah, man. Uh, Super Sentai, it comes up and surprises you. Sometimes you think you know what you're going to watch, and then out of left field, man, you're watching James Bond. Yeah. So, Dave, do you want to do a recap on this one? Yeah, I think we, we can. <clears throat> so, in this, uh, this is a guy-centric episode, which is great. We haven't had one of those in a while. And what's cool about this guy-centric episode versus the ones that we've had in the past is that in this one, Guy is a really cool guy. Like, he's a good dude in this episode instead of sort of like a mid-grade sleazy jerk. It's Guy versus Gray. There is a monster that I think gets super short shrift. We don't see enough of this monster because most of this is not... Most of the conflict in this episode is not actually based around them fighting a monster. It's totally tangential to Gry and Gray like getting their James Bond slash Le Chief on. Yeah. Okay, so we, we start off in the Viram dimension and Gray is standing off to the side flipping a coin as Tranza just berates Radigat and Maria. Yeah, this is an amazing moment. Because he says, he's like kind of pushing them around. And he says, I'll send you to hell if you can't, this is key, if you can't even defeat the Jetmen. Tranza. Uh, which, which he has not himself yet. Right. As, as Nobody by has. the show still being on. <laughs> right. right. Like, Tranza, you yourself have not had any more. Like, this, maybe he's just getting a little of his own back. Because in the previous episodes, they were like, Tran, how could you possibly beat the Jetman? Like, guys, nobody's beat the Jetman. And now he's, he's throwing it back in their faces a little bit. Right. Like, remember a few episodes ago when you were so mad about your inability to beat the Jetman that you aged 20 years? <laughs> like, it's, like, it's not a Maybe easy back it job, up a second. Bro. Right. So he says, listen, what you got transidized, he says, one of you jerks is going to go fight the Jetman. And if you don't win, like, don't bother coming home, I think is the idea here. And so Radigat gets up to leave. He's like, I will go do it. And Grace stops him. And he says, I'll flip you for it. We'll flip to see who goes. For some reason, he uses a U.S. quarter. I, yeah, I don't know I, why. I don't know why he had that. I, I was, I was going to ask if he has a U.S. quarter often, but I, I'm guessing not. No, nope. I mean, he often has, like, just random stuff, but this is definitely the first time we have seen him wielding U.S. currency. And what's funny about it is that he, like, he's flipping this coin, but remember, like, he's a robot, and so he's got, like, costume robot hands. Yeah. And so, like, the way that he is flipping the coin, he can't do the bit where, like, you flip it with your thumb. He just has it in his hand and is kind of tossing it up in the air and trying to catch it again. <laughs> Uh, also, they, they couldn't even find a new quarter, because this one, I think, was from 1983. And they I'm... don't find a new quarter. That's actually, here's the only thing I can maybe think of, is that if they had used Japanese currency, it would have dated the show. 
maybe because technically this show Jetman does take place in the year 1990X. Right. Yeah, but we so, do see at a different point that it's 91. Remember when they're fighting the time-traveling mammoth monster? Oh, that's who, right. Like, and it sends them to 91. Gemstones? That's right. The clock on his forehead said 1991. So, so that's what um, clocks do, right? It is. So he he and Radigat go to flip for it. Gray has the coin, and he lets Radigat choose first. Radigat says, I choose tails. And then Gray flips the coin, and it comes up heads, and he goes to leave, and he tosses the coin over his shoulder to Maria. And she flips it and says, and realizes that it's a double-headed coin. So Gray cheated. Kind of. Listen, Gray... Gray never bets to lose. No, we listen, will, though. We will return to that fact a number of times throughout Se- this episode. Several yeah, times okay. throughout the episode. That's true. But, okay, listen. A double-sided coin is great if you pick the side. That's he true. Lets, <laughs> yeah, he lets Gray pick, or he lets Radigat pick the side. If Radigat had picked heads, Gray just would have ensured that he lost. He just did some some robot math in his head to determine the odds of which side that uh, Radigate would be picking, and I guess he got tails, or it was some weird social engineering because he showed him the head side, which obviously you only can on a double-sided on a corner. double-sided coin. Uh, so maybe he was like, "Oh, he won't pick the side I show him." Either way, it's not it's not a great bet to make. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. It's still kind of fifty-fifty. <laughs> yeah. It's just in a different way. Although maybe he also had a double-sided tails coin that he like did like a quick secreted, bit of uh, sleight of hand, secreted away somewhere. That makes sense. I yeah, because guy is or guy gray gray's a cheater. So uh, we flash away from there and we go to Kauri and Guy and Guy is sitting underneath a tree in a park and Kauri sort of jaunts up, I guess, and she holds out her hand and says something about like. I got you this thing. And Guy sort of looks up at her. He's like, oh, uh, all right. Let's, let's, see wh- let's see where this is going. And she like opens up her hand, and it's this little like golden necklace with a, with a charm or a locket of it's, some it's sort It's like a it. little locket. It's a heart, though. It's, a little go- it's literally a golden heart that she has given to Guy. And she is very excited about this gift. She thinks it is perfect for him. And the look on Guy's face... <laughs> Guy does an amazing job in this scene of going from nonplussed to slightly uncomfortable to very concerned in the span of about 35 seconds. Because at first he's confused, and then she gives him the necklace, and he's a little like, "Mm, okay, like this is kind of a weird gift, but whatever. And then Kauri says, I wonder when that day will come. And you can see the look on Guy's face change Instantly. Yeah. Like, oh no. What what have I done? What are we talking about? Oh no. I, I need to get out of here. Which which day are we talking about? <laughs> right. You can I know, just see I him. know she's got a wedding dress. I saw it in episode eleven. <laughs> he is just scanning for the fastest way to get out of this situation. But she goes to sit down and she says, That day when we defeat the Virum and we'll be able to be a real couple. And guy relaxes a little bit and he says, Oh, oh yeah, that'll be that'll be totally great. Definitely, it'll be pretty soon. I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll beat the Viren pretty pretty quickly here. Uh, when when he says that, uh, Kauri's like, "You mean it? Like it's something that he gets to decide? Like it's on his right. calendar?" I don't. I don't know if she, maybe she just got super excited for a second, but it seemed really weird that she's like, "Oh, really? Like you? Do you know when? Do you know when that day is?" 
Thank you, guy. Thank you for scheduling this for us. <laughs> you're so, you're, so you're happy. the best. So Gray arrives. Like he okay, kind no, of no. Here's here's what happens. There's a quick little uh, dialogue exchange here. Guy says like, "Oh yeah, like you can bet on it." Oh, that's right. <laughs> so Guy says, "Yeah, baby, you can bet on it." And then there's like an explosion, and Gray arrives, and Gray says something about like, "I'm gonna kill you." And you can, you know, make your last wager on it or something. I forget exactly what he says. Uh, he, he says that their luck has run out. And That's so, like, right. they shouldn't be betting on anything. Or, my, notes or just say, my notes just say, lots of betting language going on. That's all so, I've got. So, Gray was, like, waiting, right? Like, he was, like, just, like, hanging out behind a tree waiting for him to make some sort of betting pun. So he could, like, come in and be like, no, your luck has run out. Like, eventually, he's going to say the he's, thing. He's going to have I'm to. I'm going to say the thing, and everyone will know that I'm the cool one. <laughs> yeah, th- this happens all the time. Uh, Viron commanders are very much like the Todd from Scrubs. Like, okay. they're just waiting. They're waiting for the moment, and, like, they will wait. Like, we have demonstrated very clearly in past episodes that these dudes are totally willing to wait for, like, the maximum drama. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, like the perfect moment to drop this line. So he could have been following Guy around for literally days. <laughs> for for days. <laughs> so uh, the so other guy gentleman, says like, oh, well, oh, yeah. like it's fine because I don't bet to lose. Again, a lot of gambling talk. Yep, Gray responds saying, well, neither do I. And apparently what he means is that he has brought a biodimensional beast with him. Okay. I love this bi-dimensional beast, and I'm super bummed out that he's in this episode because it doesn't like he doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's we got could like, have used like, kind of any beast for this one. Yeah, he's got uh, like because, five but, minutes total screen time. It's it's kind of sad. He's got a real cool design. Yeah, right. He's sniper cat. He's I mean, okay, he's you know here's what he is. He's a uh, dead shot, but in like a furry costume. Like that's what's going on here. Like yeah, if dead like shot went to a furry convention, that's what's over going his on. eye. Yeah. Yeah, Sniper Cat rules. So, sadly, we don't get a lot of of, uh, of Sniper Cat, but he gets a shot off or two. Guy and Kauri manage to dodge. The other Jetmen arrive. Gray says something like, you've all just shown up here to die. They all cross-change. And then as the fight, be- as the fight begins, Gray summons a bunch of Grinham soldiers. I am pretty convinced at this point that they only have, like, maybe 20 Grinham soldier costumes. That's definitely true on Power Rangers. Uh, there's there in the first season. There's like seven putties total, and like <laughs> and like they they'll they'll all be on screen at once fighting every ranger if if necessary. But like you never see more than that at a time. So I, I would yeah. <laughs> you know you know what is the most disappointing thing about not the putties but the um whatever the putties are called in Zhu Ranger. Oh jeez, I don't know, man. I have no idea. Like the golem, whatever. It's it doesn't matter. Um, but there is a really satisfying sound, like a clanking on an, an anvil sound whenever the Power Rangers hit a putty. And that sound is not in Ranger. Oh, no. Oh, and that's going like, to be real weird. It takes a few episodes to recalibrate to it. Because, like, that sound is so satisfying. Yeah, I vaguely remember that sound. So the other Jetmen arrive. They fight the Grinham soldiers for, like, a hot second. And then Sniper Cat says something about, like, I will add you to my trophy case. And then he shoots, he shoots the Jetman, but he manages, he, Guy dodges. Well, and when guy he says, I will... shot in the chest, so he was, like, on the ground. Oh, that's right. 
So when Sniper Cat says, I will add you to my trophy collection, he's being, as it turns out, super literal. Because he shoots the Jetman with like a, a rainbow beam of energy. And then from there, they're literally just turned into tiny statues. Like little shampoo toppers. Like, like this would come on top of like a kid's shampoo in 1996. That is exactly what it looks like. (laughs) You know what? I was wondering why they didn't just use the action figures that absolutely have to exist, but it looks so much like a shampoo topper. I wonder if they just did that. (laughs) I would not be surprised. Uh, Because I I absolutely believe that there's a Chojin Sentai Jetman-themed shampoo. Oh, there has to be. Uh, Also, during this scene, I noticed that the the music is... uh, How do I... it's if the Mission Impossible theme was in a Mega Man game, that's what this sounded like to me. I don't, I don't that, know if anyone else got that, yeah. but that's that's where I got from from the music and just in this, like literally in this fight, and that's it. Yes, that is absolutely the case. It's very much <laughs> as though like because this this was around the same time period, right? Because this was ninety one. Mega Man two would have come out like around that time, maybe a year or two earlier. This is just the sound of all entertainment that you made in Japan for children for about five years. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, there's probably, like, five dudes who just, like, get together in a tiny room and just crank this stuff out. Right, yeah, it wasn't made for Mega Man or Jetman specifically. They just, like, over a weekend, they, like, rented a cabin, made all the music you're going to hear until 95, and then just, like, (laughs) sent it into whoever is in charge of these kinds of things. They just have like a stuff. There's like a stock catalog for Japanese children's entertainment. Yeah. This is a 2005 collection. Take it or leave it. You know you're going to take it. So, where were we? The, uh, so, the, the Jetmen have been turned into, all but Guy have been turned into shampoo topper trophies. Slash trophies, right? Um, and those have been like grabbed up by Sniper Cat and Gray. Guy stands up. And is now furious. He and loses Guy his mind. Goes ballistic, and he actually so he solos he solos Gray, and actually does like a really really good job. Like at first, I thought that this was going to be just like a straight victory for Guy. That does not turn out to be the case. But here's what he manages to do: he like gets in a couple of good shots on Gray. He pulls out his bird blaster and he shoots Gray in the chest. And I don't think we've actually ever mentioned it before, except maybe like literally the first time you ever see Gray. But he has over his, I guess, heart lung area, a big semi-translucent plastic like bubble, I guess. Because Gray is the robot from an old Nintendo video game. So you need to like he needs to have a spot on him that would flash red when his health gets low. Yes. And that is what this is. That is exactly what it is. And so uh, Guy manages to shoot it, and it, like, weakens it, I guess. And then he pulls out his wing gauntlet and and gets in, like, one solid punch into Guy's, like, heart crystal or something. Circuit? It's a circuit, I guess. Punches his heart circuit and manages to, like, grab a chunk out of it. Gray stumbles back clearly is in trouble and just sort of does his fadey teleport away. Guy collapses. Yeah, I, I think before he does that, he does manage to like chuck Guy across the park into a tree. Yeah, he definitely throws him like pretty far. Oh, that's right. No, I did. I forgot about that. Uh, but so, 
So Guy now has Gray's heart circuit, but Gray has escaped with Shampoo Topper Jetman. Sorry, let me clarify. Gray does not escape to Sky Camp. Guy escapes back to Sky Camp, and that's where we rejoin him. Gray is still presumably in the Viron Dimension. So Guy is freaking out. He is literally collapsing with grief. Like he's leaning on the table and his legs are buckling from underneath him. He's so concerned and upset. The chief, still cold as a coffin nail, uh, is just sort of trying to plan out this whole situation. He's trying to figure out what we're going to do from here. Right, because Guy is desperate to go after them, but Chief is like, listen, no, we've got this thing. It must be part of Gray's heart, right? So we need to, like, formulate a plan and do a thing. Like, don't... You're the only Jetman who is not currently, like, filled with soapy, soapy goodness. <laughs> with so no tear shampoo. Need to chill. Right. You are, you are the only hope. And if you go down, everything is, like, in super-duper trouble. So, like, chill out. This, so is, he, th- this is about when it turns into just a James Bond movie uh, with Guy being James Bond and the Chief being M. Like, almost verbatim like this is a very truncated james bond movie but that's what this is right now and i love it <laughs> bond you have to stay on the base i will i'm not i'm not gonna do that he's not doing that he's got no, this he's little... never doing it he never does it the base sucks that's not where you solve problems <laughs> he's got this jello mold that's a heart i guess and uh and he's gotta he's gonna use it somehow <laughs> so as the chief leaves the screens like all the display screens in the Sky Camp, like, switch over to Gray's face. And he says, like, Black Condor, like, I've got your friends. And you've got my, like, heart chunk piece circuit. And we need to do something about this. Yeah. Let's duel for it. So, uh, <laughs> Guy makes a very reasonable point. He says, listen, man, um, I've got your heart. You've got my friends. Let's just trade for them. And a very Gray reasonable says, request. Right, right. That seems like a legit <laughs> thing to do. And Gray says, something like, the meaning of the word draw is not in my circuit banks. Except it clearly is because you knew to use it. Listen, man. But whatever. Dude, just, just be cool. Let Gray have his moment. He's been playing <laughs> this is one all of the day. only moments where someone can say, like, the word draw isn't in my vocabulary and can actually mean it literally. Well, I, I took it to mean that, like, it's st- the word draw is stored in the heart chunk that Guy has. And he's like, I can't do I can't draw with you until I get it back. <laughs> so we are in an impasse, dude. I would. I just, I literally can't. You took it you from took me. I would love to, but it's your fault that I can't. <laughs> so, so he says, all right. He says, we're going to duel. We're going to duel at this casino. So meet me there in half an hour. And Guy says, like, you're on. So we go away from there. We get an outside shot at the casino, which is clearly a model. Very clearly. <laughs> uh, which I found, like, I know this is silly, but I found the model a tiny bit insulting. Not because it was a model. Not because it was a model, but because it was a bad model. And I've seen how good their other models are. And it just seems like Model Dude really phoned it in this week. And I was a little... I was a little bummed out about that. So, Gray is seated in this casino. The casino is empty. It only has one room, and the walls, it's like it's like floating in a nether of blackness. There's this <laughs> yeah. one room and nothing else. 
Yeah, like if we hadn't seen an exterior shot of this casino, it very easily could have been in some like weird Virum dimension. Yeah, the, yeah, it, that's exactly what it looks like. Because it's like basically daytime outside. Like when we get the establishing shot, it's like it's like dusk, but it's still light out. And then we go in, and it's like pitch black. There is no light. There are no stars. There's nothing outside this casino. Well, Viram commanders don't want you to know how much time you've spent in the casino, because then you'll <laughs> right. stop fighting. I'm not sure that joke and fell apart on me. instead of removing all the clocks, they do that thing that Maria did ages ago and just, like, change the degree of sunlight that is outside using their power. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's the thing that Maria... I forgot. I forgot about that, that Maria can literally control sunlight. So, anyways... So Gray is inside. He's seated. He looks like he's having like a whiskey or something, uh, but he has a bunch of ice in it, which is good, which is good to see because you know how Gray like tries to be a person, but like doesn't quite know how to do it. Uh, and he's like, he's learning how to be civilized, right? Yeah. I feel like this is a really good watermark because it's like, okay, all right. Gray has gotten as far as having a whiskey, he has not gotten as far as not putting ice in that whiskey. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a really good benchmark for me. For you personally. To see where he is. To see where he is on a scale of, like, humanness, I guess. So, (laughs) so anyways, so, he's there. Maria's there. Guy comes around the corner wearing... Like, we only see him from the feet up. It's so good. We see him from the feet up. He's got his shoes shined up. And we see some black pants. And I'm getting real excited as we're, like, panning up. And sure enough, sure enough, Guy has shown up to this casino duel in a tuxedo. This is a, this is is a black tie affair. A, it's amazing for, like, five reasons. <laughs> First of all... Okay, it all, all of these reasons come back to the fact that Gray said, meet me here in a half an hour. Right. <laughs> and so not only does he have to get across town, but he's got to take, he's, he's taking the time to change, which means that if he was going straight from Skycam to the casino, that not only did he think it was important to like put on a tuxedo before he went to go confront Gray, but that also means that he just keeps a tuxedo in his locker at Skycam. Just ready to go. Well, if he would have showed up not in a tuxedo, they would have had to make him wear one of those like really gross jackets that like you know the the, the scrubs like the ones wear. They have on loan. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, right. here's like here's like a brown jacket. You can't go in without it. And he's like, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look like a fool while I'm trying to win my friends back in a roulette game. Yeah, the casino has been taken over by Viram, but there are still standards. You can't exactly. sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I like to think that they brought it like that. All the Grenham soldiers are also wearing tuxedos, like just out of frame. <laughs> See, this would have been a really good time to grab. The Kotopoderos from Living the Tire Ranger. That's true, because they already do all basically look like, like fancy butlers. <laughs> so, so Gray brings Guy over, and he says, here's what we're going to do. He says, we are going to do, it's going to be roulette. It's going to be roulette because there's only two choices, and, and like that's it. Neither of us are, are in a place where we can really fight right now, but like this is going to be an even match. Also, there is someone running the roulette table. There's one girl who is ostensibly an employee of this casino who's totally cool with this. Yeah, <laughs> she is astonishingly chilled out. 
she's just like, okay, I'm gonna roll the ball now. Is everyone ready? Is everyone ready to place your bets? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this, uh, Mister Robot, James Bond. Are we okay? Are we cool? <laughs> is everything good? Princess right, awesome. stool. Is everything gonna be? Is this? Is this good? Oh yeah. What do you think about Maria's hat? Uh, she definitely looks like Toad. She looks like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Like like Toad with like some weird shoulder spike going on. Uh, it, it's a it's a look. It certainly is a, a bold look. I have thought that for episodes, so I'm really glad to have some uh, some confirmation on that one. So, uh, she the roulette the spinner, I guess it's not a croupier. I don't know what her thing is, but like the spinner, she throws the ball, and what we find out now is that this is not actually a fair thing, because Gray we see from Gray's point of view, and he is calculating where this ball is going to land. Right, like, he is using his crazy computer brain to, like, run the physics and probabilities on the ball as it's rolling. So, at this point, what's happened is that they're both standing on opposite sides of the table. Uh, Gray has the four Jetmen, like, in a stash as opposed to having chips. And Guy has taken Gray's heart circuit and just broken it into four chunks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good move. And Gray, at first... He's like, hold up, what's up? I thought we were betting your friends for my heart. And he says, well, yeah, but there's four of my friends and only one of your heart, so I'm going to split this up. Got the different chambers or ventricles or, yeah, you know, Man, who heart stuff. Know. Yeah. yeah, exactly, hard stuff. So Gray wins the first one. Like, he just, he figures it out and he puts it down on, I think, red, right? Yeah, it's on red. So he predicts the answer and he says, ha! I have won. And then Guy says, no, the game is just getting started. And then we find out, we get a little side shot, and Maria is looking over at Gray, and she notices that Gray maybe is a little more hurt than he let on because dude is leaking oil out of his heart circuit, like where it broke. He's dripping oil onto the carpet. Okay, he is dripping oil, but like he is not acting as though he is dripping oil. He is acting as though he is, like, bleeding from a sucking chest Yeah, he is, he is bleeding out right now, but he's just like, he's like, here's, you know, an ounce or two, a couple drips. It's all good. Just, like, barely keeping his, like, body together, but just enough that he can continue to drink and gamble. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which, again, so Maria... Just just super Bond villain. Every single Bond villain has something about them that's, like, slowly killing them. And, like, this is just, like, fuel on that fire to be like, no, the, Gray is Le Chief now. Uh, everyone, yeah. everyone be okay with that. <laughs> right. But instead of, like, bleeding out of his eye, uh, which is a real, man, that was a real that's obvious a weird poker one. tell, wasn't it, in that right? movie? <laughs> I feel like that's a hard one to hide. The greatest gambler in all of that organization has a tell that is literally crying tears of blood. <laughs> so, so Maria is like giving guys some attitude about something. I forget what. But then the chief comes around the corner and the Viram are like, you. Like this is a very weird moment because at first they see the chief and they seem super intimidated, which would be appropriate. But then they say something like, who are you? Like they act like they don't know her. So I'm not sure if the Viram are supposed to know her or not or be scared of her or what. I but think the chief has to deal now. with the chief. The chief has showed up like to a couple of monster fights, but like the either the Jetmen or the chief herself have always murdered those j- monsters like right away. 
Oh, holy crap! I forgot something. I totally forgot. Okay, so sorry. On the first spin, Gray wins. On the second spin, Gray wins again. On the third spin, Guy accuses Gray of cheating. And Gray says, nope, I'm not cheating. You can even spin the ball yourself if you want. And Guy says, okay, I will. Oh, yeah. So Guy picks up the ball, and in his head, you hear him say, like, 14 red. That's it. And he spins the ball, and he's about to bet on red, and, but Gray, like, beats him to it. Like, Gray bets on red first. Like, specifically and so Guy 14 has to bet on red, black. too. Yeah, on 14 red. And, and so Guy has to bet on black, which... Which is amazing because the ball then proceeds to land in 14 red. So what's yeah. great about this is it's not a battle of who can gamble better. It's a battle of who can cheat better because they're both cheating. Yeah. Here's the incredible thing. What this seems to say is that Guy is capable. Like if he can spin it, that Guy is capable of putting a roulette ball like wherever he wants it. Which is madness. Dude, this is a guy who is five seconds away at any time from wearing a tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> this is not his first rodeo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a good... Okay. So, uh, so Guy is the world's most amazing roulette... Okay, sorry. He's the second, second most amazing roulette player in the whole entire world. Uh, then the chief appears. Blah, 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 blah. Intimidation. Who is she? Who knows? And then Guy challenges Gray. He says, I'm willing to bet my life on this last roll. Are you? Like, will you bet your life on this? And then he does say, what's, and he looks at Gray, and he says, what's with that look on your face? Which, again, Which makes very little there sense. There is no look on his face. It no is look a on his face. robot face. That's one yep. of my two notes. Is, uh, is that <laughs> My other note, which I, which I forgot about, uh, was every time the pieces like, like are one, they like zoom back into his chest. Except the third one, where they ran out of budget, and so it just like cuts, and it's back. <laughs> nice. Like, there's like a whole effect for the other two, and the last one, they're like, whatever. No one cares. It's like, fine. Let's just keep going. <laughs> okay. And I'll tell you what. I obviously didn't care because I didn't notice. So, well, yeah, you, your brain, uh, your brain, like fills in those gaps, right? Yeah. So, so at this point, like, guy has throughout the course of this game, guy has gotten like increasingly frustrated and nervous. Like he's gotten sweaty, and like he can tell that things are going badly. But on this fourth roll, like as the chief walks out, and by the way, the chief walks out saying, "I believe in you, guy." Like from the ra- like clouds can come a rainbow or something? Yeah, I figured I meant exactly to write it down, says. but it was something like that. And he just gets suddenly like 100% cool and confident. Yep. He is that's all he needed to hear. Now he's totally fine. So he says they they go through a whole thing where basically there's an escalation where guy is trying to get Gray to bet his life. And Gray says that's cool. The second that you lose this, Sniper Cat, who sort of comes out of nowhere, just is going to shoot you in the head by the bushes. You because you have just bet your life and I'm going to beat you. Yes. Uh, and then that is going to be, he's like, I'm going to hold you to this one. But it is, so they spin the ball and it is spinning. And Gray's like, how is this dude possibly this cool? He can't know the outcome, which again is insane because he literally knows that guy can do this. 
but Guy goes to light a cigarette and somehow Gray intuits that the lighter is like a cheating lighter. And so he grabs the lighter and he crushes it and sure enough, there's like a circuit in there. Which, first of all, how was that possibly going to I have to no idea anything? how this is supposed to control the ball. That is a- second of all, like, again, he had one half hour to prepare for this. This is just a thing that Guy owns and carries around. Well, see, the, the, way, the way I read it is that he didn't have it when he started or else he would have cheated earlier. I feel like the chief dropped it in his pocket when she was leaving, maybe. Because I feel like he definitely would have used it at first. Also... It's a real short con because, like, what are you going to do when it doesn't light your cigarette? Because it's not an actual lighter. I feel like well, the, jig, think, the jig will be up he there. Goes. He goes to light his cigarette, so maybe it's got to be it's got to be a double man. This is James Bond territory. That the lighter true. has to actually be a lighter. The pen has to actually be a pen. So what we're saying is that cheap in this episode is both M and Q. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm, I'm willing to accept that. That's fine. The chief is absolutely cool enough to make that happen. So I really, at first, I thought that like the lighter, the, che- the trick lighter was going to be like a double turns out, like a double gotcha. Like you thought I was going to cheat with this lighter, but I'm actually doing this other thing. But Guy does seem very upset. He's like, oh no, I have lost. So, <laughs> so the ball spins. The ball is spinning. It has landed on red, which is where Gray placed his bet. So it has fully landed on red. And they say, ha, that's it. Gray, you know, like victory. And then the ball jumps over one spot into black. And they're just staring at it. And Gray is like, how could this have happened? How could I have like miscalculated which one it is? Like, he, like, the black one doesn't have anything else, like, to cheat with. Like, yeah, we, I, I broke his lighter. What possibly could have happened? Okay. And then, and then we find out what happened. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I think, I think I'm, I'm able to say in, in my, all my years on this earth, there has been nothing better <laughs> than, than this quick cutaway to Tetra Boy outside holding the casino but just like a little bit to the left like he had angled it so slightly that it only moved the ball over one slot just like ever so slightly and it's just this beautiful beautiful moment um and then like they cut back inside and the rest of the jetmen are free and now it is time to fight this is my favorite part, is that even though Gray is aware somehow that the Jetmen have cheated, it's still, like, he, like, whoever is in charge of turning the Jetmen back, it's not Gray. Like, it's just been set up to be automatic, and as soon as Guy wins, like, they're good again. It's just the law of the universe. It's like, this is the bet, and you will uphold it. <laughs> right, it must be. You, there's, no, there's no choice. Fate will see to it. So, so, so they end up outside, and Gray, like, you know, Guy explains, like, ha ha ha, the Tetra Boy is powered by a supercomputer, and this supercomputer is able to calculate its movement so subtly and carefully that it can lift and tilt an entire building with no one inside being the wiser. So, so Gray can look at a, a roulette ball and a roulette wheel and do the math and be like, all right, it's going to land on red. I can tell that. 
he can, I can see, sense it. He can look at guys' lighter and be like, that is sending out Wi-Fi signals or whatever, and that's definitely a cheaty lighter. But he somehow missed <laughs> the entire <laughs> building that he's in being lifted like eight stories in the air and tilted a little bit. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I want to be clear about this. Like, Tetra Boy has not, like, bent down to do this. Tetra Boy has lifted this building to the level of his torso. Yeah. Well, listen, man. Uh, Gray is a robot. Tetra Boy is a larger robot. And if there's so... one thing we know about the technology <laughs> in the Super Sentai universe, it's that the bigger robot is automatically better. Automatically better. So he just he has more processing he's power. He's got more robot. Yeah, he's just got more robot. The game over. So this is where the fight actually starts. Oh, actually, sorry, no. Before the fight starts, Guy tosses Gray his heart circuit back and says, like, next time we'll have a real duel. Oh, which, by the way, that, that checks some boxes for me, especially because earlier, and we, we, this is how you know it's a good episode. There are great moments in my notes that we have not gotten to. Uh, we just passed by them because I was so excited about the other things that were happening. But there was a moment where Guy says oh, to right. Gray, I know what you're gonna say. Is a duel between men. <laughs> oh! Every so time. A line from the Three Stooges episode, which is the best episode. Okay, uh, so they fight Sniper Cat. It's really like. It's not much of a fight. They put Sniper a Cat away pretty quickly. The only moment of this fight that I really, really love is at one point you see Sniper Cat kneeling, and you can see the boots of the actor who is wearing the Sniper Cat costume. And I don't know why, but I always get an enormous kick out of it when you get to see like the, the dude underneath the costume. Another great thing about this fight is that every once in a while, so a lot of the times... The, the monster costume is like this big bulky thing. Like last week, it was like a big lizard covered with hammers, you know? Like it's hard to move around in those <laughs> things. But Sniper Cat is a pretty like minimal costume. And so the dude in that costume can be doing like flips and stuff, which is great when you're in the middle of a giant monster fight and there's a big cat with a laser gun and like a target eye doing flip kicks like next to a building its own size. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I think he was introduced by, like, running on all fours like a cat, uh, like, running at Guy on all fours. And, like, you, you could not get that from Hammer Chameleon. Like, no, no way. definitely. Because no, three of those fours were hammers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the fight ends predictably. Um, they knock the gun out of Sniper Cat's hand, and then they Garuda blast the dang thing, and it dies. Yeah, that's not, that's basically the end of it. Oh, I'm sorry. They Garuda Blast the thing to stun it, and then they get Tetra Boy, and they do the Tetra Blaster, and then it dies. It's been a yes. good episode for Tetra Boy. Yeah, hey, listen, dude. Anytime I get to see Tetra Boy, like, I'm pretty on board. Like, I'm a big fan of Tetra Boy. I'm so, looking forward to... Uh, there is apparently a dude in O-Ranger. Oh, who Tackle Boy. Tackle Boy? Tackle what? Boy. <laughs> Who's like a big football player that's also a giant wheel? Yeah, it's dude. amazing. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Oh also, my good, good tackle boy. Also, an O Ranger is like another wheel that is somehow unrelated, which is probably <laughs> my favorite thing. There's like they have like a, a human sized thing called the Defender Wheel, at least in Power Rangers, called the Defender Wheel, and then there's Warrior Wheel, who is Tackle Boy, and they are not in any way related. They just, I guess, got caught on this wheel thing. That is tremendous. Well, I know that uh, O-Ranger and Z-Ranger are, like, shape-themed, I guess? Yeah. Huh. So it's maybe, okay. like, round is just an easy shape to deal with? 
I guess we will find out in uh, uh, two seasons for Dr. No Ranger. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, um, okay, so... Or O-Ranger is the new black. Ooh, that's also good. I like Dr. No Ranger. Uh, so, we... But to finish this episode of this particular series... Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm getting, like, two years ahead of myself. <laughs> um, so, we go back to Sky Camp. Everybody's back. Guy, like, stumbles on the couch, and they're like, Oh, no, Guy, are you okay? And he's like, Ah, I gotcha. Which I don't know why he made that joke because it wasn't like an acting or faking episode. It was a gambling episode. He does but, mention one more time that he does not bet to lose. Yeah, he says, I don't bet to lose. And then they're like, ah, you're the best. And then there's like a little dog pile on Guy. And then that's the end of the episode. So uh, let's start with our guest this time, Dave. Jake, what was your high point of the week? Oh, man, it's got to be just Tetra Boy holding up an entire casino. They're, yeah, it's I, the absolute best. That's the best. I like... I don't, I don't know what I was expecting to happen because like, cause it jumped over and I was like, okay, he, he lost his little cheating device. This is, you know, by chance of providence, it landed on black. And then there's just this perfect, beautiful cutaway of just Tetra Boy very sneakily holding a casino <laughs> up to his chest and just like, I guess, jostling it a little bit to move. Like I said, just the roulette ball. That's the only thing that changed in this room was that roulette ball. <laughs> just, just ever so slightly. Oh, it's amazing. Dave, what about your high point? Uh, my high point if, okay, is... Okay, let's all just agree that that is the high point of the episode. Let's try to highlight another couple of things. Right. My, my level two highlight is when Guy just shows up and dude is just in a tuxedo. He had half an hour. He clearly had that tuxedo just ready to go. And here it is. Uh, how about you, man? What's your high point for this episode? Uh, my high point, and I mentioned it before is when Guy tells Grey that this is a duel between men. Mm. It's so good. It's so good, Dave, every time. So, uh, Jake, what about a low point? Uh, I feel like, again, I'm taking the low-hanging fruit, but uh, Sniper Cat getting getting kind of the short end of the stick by being in it for 25 seconds total and not really doing anything. It reminds me of... Oh, gosh. Dave, what was that guy's name in one of the episodes of Dire Ranger? The last episode with Jin? The dude with, like, a cannon for a head, but he only had one rocket because it, like, came out of his head and he couldn't replace uh, it? Like, it was, like, Lieutenant Cannon or something. I Something forgot. like that. That was another, like, gun-themed dude who had an awesome design and was yeah. just in somebody else's episode and did not matter. Yeah, it was a bummer about him, too. Dave, do you have a different low point? Gosh, man, uh, I wish I could come up with something else, but I can't. This episode was real gold. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Do you have anything? No, I don't have another low point. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode is amazing. Um, okay, do we have any other thing to talk about this episode before we close out this episode of the Super Sentai Brothers? Uh, I'm pretty sorted out, man. All right. Jake, do you want to one more time tell us where we can find you online and uh, what your various projects are? Um, yeah, so I'm on Twitter at JJ underscore Mason. That's, uh, that's where I am very often. If you want to get a hold of me, just do there. Uh, or you can go to heyjakeandjosh.com and you can get a link to all of our all my various podcasts. I do the Morphin Grid where I go over every episode of Power Rangers. I do Pokemon World Tour where we go to every town in the Pokemon world. Uh one by one and kind of talk about what's there and and 
kind of look at Pokemon from inside the game instead of from outside of it. Uh, there's Pokemon World Tour United, which is a role-playing game where uh, we play a, a homebrewed Pokemon uh, tabletop game. It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, and there's uh, lastly, there's GasCast, which is uh, we go over old games and sports shows. So we did uh, we did like the Super Bowl, but we also did Legends of the Hidden Temple and American Gladiators, the greatest <laughs> sports show there ever was, uh, <laughs> and like the original Iron Chef. Um, so stuff like that. Uh, you can find all that at HeyJakeAndJosh.com. Awesome. Right on. And you can find us here every week on the Jetman with the Golden Gun. Before I finish up, I'd just like to remind you all, you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, and gosh, I hope you do, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show, or so I have been led to believe. <laughs> uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Over Radio. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. Jake, thank you one more time for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. And we will see you next week. <laughs>